everybody, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Ashton. And my name is Kevin, and we are excited to be recording our first episode, finally, of Thinking Rightly. And we hope this will be a a huge help to you guys, and I know it will be fun for um, myself and Ashton. Mm -hmm. But um, the first thing that we want to talk about today uh, on the podcast is Thinking Rightly about the church. And that's a big subject, the subject of the church. Mm -hmm. So we will, this will be considered part one of Thinking Rightly about the church. Um, and we will primarily cover um, things to do with worship and the different activities that happen in a worship service or in, in the church uh, and things like that. But the first thing we want to do, uh, just so you guys can get to know us better, is to start off with an icebreaker question that Ashton has for us. Yeah, I thought this would be a fun idea to do since this is our first episode. You guys might not know much about us. Maybe we'll do like a Q&A on Instagram in the future <laughs> if we get enough followers. But anyways, yeah, so the icebreaker for today is what's something new you tried this year that you fell in love with? Also, if you guys want to answer this question, you can go to our Instagram. We'll probably have a post up about this episode. You can answer it. I'd love to hear your answer. But I'll let you go first, Bab. So something new that I tried this past year, 2022, so we're, we're in 2023 now, yeah. uh, was I went to a new city, the city of Philadelphia, and fell in love with it. Uh, very historic, uh, a lot of good places to eat. Went there with a, with a bunch of uh, pastor friends of mine, and we uh, just really enjoyed ourselves there. And that was something that I really uh, loved and enjoyed um, that was new to me because it was a new city. What about you? So you've never been to Philadelphia? I've been to the Philadelphia airport before that, oh, and that was so it. I ran through count. I ran through it because <laughs> I was about to miss a flight. But this time we got to spend time there, so it was fun. Do you think you would go back to Philadelphia? Most definitely. Yeah. It's a cool city. And cool I would have never thought to go to Philadelphia either. Like I would have never thought, oh, let's go to Philadelphia. This no, it's great. would have never been in my mind. I don't know why. Very historic. Um, I would say even more historic than Washington, D.C. Really? A lot of ways. And yep. we've been to Washington, D.C. Yep. A lot of That's good hard to believe. Historic locations. Um, That's Really cool. good restaurants. I would never thought that. So, yeah. Um, one thing that was new for me this year, I tried, was rock climbing. I There's a rock climbing gym in the area. We only have one. And I went for a youth group event. And I ended up really falling in love with it, and I got a membership, like, pretty much, like, the next week, and I got my own gear and everything, and I even got to go on a couple of outdoor climbing trips this year, and I've only been climbing for, like, seven or eight months now, so it's pretty cool that I got to experience that, because not everybody gets to do that. Um, How high was the the climb, the one highest (laughs) climb that you did? There was a climb, it was in Tennessee. And it was named Super Saturated. Saturated. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But um, it was roughly 95 feet high. And I agreed to climb it. And that was like the first big climb that I've ever done. And it was really scary. And you did like, it. I did do it. Yeah, I was, was awesome. scared though. I mean, I was shaking so bad. Like climbers get this thing when you get a lot of adrenaline going. It's called the Elvis leg. It's when your, your leg shakes really hmm. bad. <laughs> and so everybody that. on the ground was like, you had the Elvis leg, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like it was, it's weird. You can't control it. So, yeah, that was one thing that I fell in love with, and I hope to continue in this next year. 
But yeah, I think that's it. And like, we should go ahead and get into jump right episode. into our topic. So today on our first podcast, we want to um, explore what it looks like to think rightly about the church. And like I said earlier, this is a big topic, but there are, as all of us know, there are many options in America when it comes to churches. So much so that many American Christians can 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 and do shop for the right church. So what is their music like? Do they have a, a, a good children's ministry? Do they have a good youth ministry, uh, young adults or singles ministry, etc., etc.? You can just go on and on with your list of things that you're looking for in a church. Or others may be looking for the entertainment value of a church service. So from the music to the preaching. So you have these churches who put on elaborate services involving high-level dramas, uh, movie production level, concert level music. And so I know of, of one pastor, um, and this is just a simple thing, but they uh, he tells a joke before his sermons <laughs> that has nothing to do with his sermon. He just uh, feels like he needs to tell a joke to kind of break the ice, and that's what he does. Um, or several churches that do um, what they call at-the-movie uh, sermon series, and that usually takes place during the, the summertime, but they'll go all out with a, a red carpet that people walk in on, and they serve popcorn, and and they actually play clips of the movie that I'm not even sure is legal oh uh, during the worship service, and then they will use that movie uh, as their uh, quote-unquote sermon text for the morning. So this is all without mentioning what prompted this topic that Ashton's going to get into here in just a second in the first place, which is uh, was um, a church in Texas that I'm sure a lot of you guys saw um, over the Christmas um, season uh, where drummers were flying from the ceiling during a Christmas production, which is what we found out. It was a Christmas production. It wasn't a Sunday morning worship service. It was a, it was a Christmas production. But Ashton's going to talk a little bit about that and some other churches that also um, did similar productions during Christmas time. Yeah, so I did research on a couple churches. Um, these are both mega churches, and they are very different, but they're also very similar. So if any of you guys are on TikTok, like me, addicted to it, um, you have probably seen the drummers rigged to the ceiling of this church, and it says, it's captioned, Little Drummer Boy, um, and then there's text on the screen that says casual Christmas worship service in Texas. <laughs> um, it got 2.4 million views and it was like made a lot of people really mad and people just laughing at it. And it overall got a lot of negative feedback. So I decided to look into this church and after doing a little more research, I found out the church is called Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Texas. They do have two different campuses but Plano, Texas is where this production called The Gift of Christmas takes place. So this isn't a church service. Um, it is a production that they charge they charge people for. So they, they sell they tickets. They sell tickets. Yeah, yeah they sell tickets. Um, so I couldn't find any videos of the actual production online because the ticket prices are very expensive, which I'll get into later. So I'm sure they don't want to put the production out online for free. Um, but I did find some clips of a woman who did attend it and she took some videos 
put them on YouTube. Um, and I did watch the videos. And I'm gonna give a quick little description on how this production went. Um, so this is like their biggest show. And the show is incredibly well done. I can't even deny that. It's incredibly well done. There's a bunch of people involved. I, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to watch. Um, so from the clips that I was able to find online, I could tell that the show starts off in some place that looks like the North Pole. So there are people dressed up as elves, singing and dancing on the stage and all through the aisles. And there are adults and kids involved in this show. Um, not sure if this is paid for the adults. I don't know if this is a volunteer thing. I'd genuinely be curious. It's probably volunteer. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's volunteer because, yeah, it's a big deal. But um, as the show continues, there's just a bunch of singing and dancing to just generic Christmas songs. Uh, we don't hear any of the Christian Christmas songs yet. Um, there is They play Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And they have people dress up as reindeers come down from the ceiling. Like, they're, they're literally, quite literally, I was just talking about climbing. They're on ropes. Like, coming, like, like climbers. I noticed this when I watched the video back again. They had their little, like, belay devices, and they were coming down. They had the ropes. It was oh, so funny. I know, it was that. very interesting. And, yeah, they had to be trained. Um... So yeah, they had the ranger coming from the ceiling, which seems to be a theme in the show. They had a lot of different people coming down from the ceiling. Um, then, of course, Santa Claus makes an appearance uh, alongside some more singing and dancing elves. Um, and then a life-size sleigh comes down from the ceiling um, with some, like, there's some, like, not smoke. Why am I blinking? Steam. What? What's it called? Snow? No, like, it, com it comes out of the back of the sleigh. Dry, it's like the dry ice oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, yeah, made it look like it was <laughs> yeah, flying, yeah. Exactly, they, they had that going on, too. And then Santa got in the sleigh and, like, exited, like, back up into the balcony area, um, which was pretty impressive. Yeah, I saw that. It was pretty <laughs> it impressive. It was pretty impressive. I'm not sure where he went. But <laughs> yeah, we don't know where he went. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> um, anyways, so then there's a fake snow, some glitter falls down from the ceiling. And then it seems that the second half of the show is more about the true meaning of Christmas, meaning Jesus' birth. So it begins with two contemporary dancers dancing as Adam and Eve. Uh, there's a dramatic narrator in the background, you know, I don't even know, like just telling the story of Adam and Eve. Um, and then this is where the drummers make their entrance, the TikTok drummers. They came, they were coming down from the ceiling and they played Little Drummer Boy. And then there was a guy on the stage and he, I can compare him to Bruno, Ma Bruno Mars, maybe, because his performance was <laughs> very similar. Um, and all this time, the drummers are still rigged to the ceiling. And, I mean, again, very, it's very impressive. Very, very well done. I don't know how they pulled it off, but... Uh, and then there's backup dancers, of course. I thought this half would be more about Jesus' birth, but it, it wasn't for a little bit. Then there is a hip-hop dance... I think they dance to Joy to the World, if I remember correct. A uh, gospel choir. And then there's like a rip-off pentatonics group. Like an acapella group that they tried to model after pentatonics. And then there's a man singing Mary Did You Know? Who I think is Bruno Mars, the same guy from earlier. Um, and then... It's not Bruno Mars. It's he not just, Bruno Mars, but he, he looks a good very similar. Yes. <laughs> um, and then finally, we get to the live nativity. I think this happens within the last 15 to 20 minutes of the show. Um, which the show is, like, probably two hours. 
more than two hours. <laughs> I think it's more than two hours. Um, so it's pretty normal nativity. They got live camels and some very extravagant costumes. And they also have an angel rigged to the ceiling above the stage to no one to no one's surprise. <laughs> um, and the show ends with everyone bowing to the baby Jesus, kind of Lion King style. Um, and everyone gives it a standing ovation. So that's the show. There's, of course, lots of things that I missed in there. Um, but I think I will be able to link the YouTube video on our page so you can go see it for yourself or the TikTok or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting to watch. Um, but what really blew us away was the cost of this production. So I did some more digging and I found out that, like I said earlier, the show takes place at Preston Woods Plano, Texas campus which can fit up to 7,500 people. Um, this is a church. That's a sanctuary. Um, the show often sells out. So the video I watched, um, the lady said that 7,000 seats were sold out, um, which is a lot of people. I don't even think... 7,000 tickets were sold? Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, that's a lot of people. And it was packed. Um, like, from the videos, it's packed. I don't even think I can wrap my ha like my head around like that many people. But, um... Anyway, 75,000 people. 7,500. 7,500. 7,500. 7, <laughs> yeah, 75,000 would be. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me, yeah. if I'm being honest. Um, so according to, I'm going to give him credit, underscore D-E-L Belcher on TikTok. He did a lot of research on this show. Um, but the tickets were sold for $19 to $59 a piece. The average ticket price would be $36.50 per person. And this doesn't include the $22 per person Christmas buffet, gift shop, parking, and donations price. So I'm guessing that if you want to take part in the Christmas buffet, I don't, I guess this is just the average price for like, if you want to take part in the Christmas buffet, the gift shop, and then you can pay for parking, which is interesting to me. <laughs> um, wow. And then donations. So you can donate to this show. Um... As if they're not already making enough money. Like, just... Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, this year alone drew in more than 75,000 people. Thousand. Oh, that's where you get the That's where I got the thousand from. Gotcha. Um, from its 14 shows. So, they did 14 separate shows. Um, and then I gathered the budget for the show was at least $1 million. So, if that doesn't tell you something about the show in the church, I don't know what will. So, that, that's what they made. Well, no, this is the budget for the show. Oh, how much it costs yeah, to put it on. Yeah, this is how much it costs to put it on. Like, oh, So wow. they have more money than this $1 million, um, which I think I'm about to get to, yeah. So the worship pastor in residence, Michael Neal, says, the great thing is it doesn't cost the church to do it because the ticket sales support it, which means the show like, rides solely on ticket prices mm -hmm. or ticket sales. Um, the church doesn't specifically say they use their ticket sales for anything else other than the show. So we don't really know where the other money, where the all the other money goes, but probably into the church. They make a lot of money. Yeah. From the sh from the production. Yeah. Um. So as a total estimate, Prestonwood makes about three and a half million dollars off of the gift of Christmas, and that's Every what I found year. on Prestonwood. Yeah. Well, it's getting more because they the ticket prices have been going up. Gotcha. So it's getting to be more. Alrighty, so the next church, this one will be a little bit shorter because I couldn't find as much information on it. They're a little bit more secretive, but we have another mega megachurch. Um, they are called Victory Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
and they put on a production called The Story of Christmas. So the same TikToker that I mentioned earlier, his name is underscore D-E-L Belcher, he posted a video of The Story of Christmas, Victory Church, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 2022. Um, and it's a clip from the production. And it's crazy. It's really crazy. Um, <laughs> basically, we have some girls. Again, we'll probably try to post these videos, but basically we have some girls um, on a pink bed. And I used to be a big Ariana Grande fan. So this is an Ariana Grande song they're singing. Used and. To be. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not okay. anymore. Okay. I still love some of her songs, but I'm not anymore. <laughs> I promise. Um, but anyways, they are in silk pajamas, and they're basically singing the song Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Uh, Christian version. Christian version. My favorite line of theirs is, the there's a line about tithes and, op- and offerings that they slip into the song, <laughs> which is very ironic. Um, the song's all they about making make, money. Yeah. So. That's funny. <laughs> anyways. Um, and then it goes into a version of <laughs> Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi, which how those songs even, like, mesh? Yeah. They don't. Anyways, so I did find the entire production online. They do put their production out, unlike Prestonwood. Um, so I will also probably put that on Instagram as well. Um, it is very interesting. So the show actually starts out... Um, with a narrator saying this line, your life is a garden. Believe it or not, you're the product of what you yourself have planted one day at a time. Um, so as soon as I heard that line, I knew it was going to be good. Um, (laughs) so the production switches back and forth between actors on stage and then some videos on the screen. So they, they took the actors that are on stage and they filmed them like, I guess a different day. And so they were switching the videos back and forth. And, like, the production quality, again, is, like, very, very impressive. Which makes me feel like they did sell tickets for the show, even though I couldn't find, like, information on that. Um, But I'm sure they did. So the show is basically a modern take on... They mostly focus on Mary and Joseph. And there were two children in the beginning of the show. It was very, it was very confusing. It was a very confusing show. So two children in the beginning of the show entered a garden and there was like an old man in there and he scared them and the gardener started telling them the story of Mary and Joseph. Um, Later we find out the gardener had a close relationship with Mary and Joseph, apparently. Um, He was just kind of an added character into the show, I guess, but still very confusing. Um, The show kind of opens with a, after the whole interaction with the kids in the garden, uh, it opens with some people on a stage and then there's a lady like on a pedestal she's in this huge extravagant gown singing um and later i found out she was supposed to represent the moon which is interesting to me because i don't remember that in the bible so (laughs) yeah um but there's a lot of things in here that are not in the bible so um so there's dancers and then mary and joseph come out and they sing the little emotional part and then the song changes to a hip-hop beat and then they introduce the characters from the garden they call it the winter garden because it's like a dead winter garden. It's supposed to represent our lives as Christians. They introduce rain, sleet, snow, moon, and stars, and then the spider, who's later Herod, who turns into Herod. I don't even know. When the five flowers are introduced, there is the winter rose, which is the rose of Sharon, the crawling ivy, who was actually performing on silks earlier in the show, hanging in front of the stage. Um, 
the lily of the valley, the fading flower, and the lily of the field. All of these have significance that they explained, but I'm not going to go into it. And the winter garden, like I said, is supposed to represent our lives as Christians. And then the gardener, this is when the gardener starts telling the story of Mary and Joseph. Um, the language is very modern, even though it is supposed to be set in Bible times. As the production continues, there's a lot of hip-hop dancing and music, TikTok references, and out-of-context songs, and also characters who just don't fit into the story, like I said earlier. They even put a sorority into the story called the Girls of Nazareth, who are the people we see on the pink bed later in the performance. Those Yikes. are the Girls of Nazareth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. These girls are supposed to be like the mean girls of the story, so I think they kind of modeled it after Mean Girls, the movie Mean Girls. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Uh, so, like I said earlier, they perform a rendition of Seven Rings, complete with silk PJs and a huge pink bed. Mm. And the boys come in singing a rendition of Living on a Prayer. Somehow, this song goes into Can't Help Falling in Love with You, which then goes into Dancing Queen. So, they put an Elvis Presley song in there, and then they put an Abba song in there. All four of them, together. So, yeah. Um, at the halfway I wonder point, if they get rights to those things. I don't think they like, do. I wonder if they could get in trouble. For that but well and they're asking for it they the put movie. the they put We're the whole production they put the whole production on youtube so yeah. they're asking for it i don't know how that works i have no clue probably should have done research on that well they probably have right. enough money to get them out of that at the halfway point in the production one of the lead pastors at victory paul dog i don't know how to pronounce his name doggerty i think is how you pronounce his name he comes out to give a message which is just like a little like health and wealth kind of thing like i don't know i i didn't really pay attention he's just Whatever. Um, and then, on a side note, Paul has 42... Oh my gosh. Wait, I glitched. 42,200 followers on Instagram, and his wife has almost 10,000. Um, his wife is also the... Co his co-pastor. Yeah. Or, yeah, co-pastor. Co-pastor. Um, so, the show continues. Herod, a.k.a. the, the spider from earlier palace at his palace with some hip-hop dancing roman soldiers and then the show cuts to a video of mary and joseph making a dramatic journey to bethlehem and then the mean priest from i didn't mention this but he was earlier in the show he's actually the gardener from the garden um he ends up helping mary at the birth of jesus which is very interesting because they kick joseph out they kick joseph out of the stable and then the priest comes in and he's a guy interesting so i'm like that's, yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. Hmm. Um, and then the gardener, it's like cut to the gardener, and he was like, yeah, that's me, blah, blah, blah. And, like, how he learned a lesson, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, this is not biblically accurate. Then they very briefly show the shepherds and the wise men, which just shows that the, the show is basically focused on Mary and Joseph. Um, so, then there's a, there's a real baby playing baby Jesus. And let me add, this baby was screaming the entire time. Like, he was mad. This was a mad, mad baby. He was baby. not having it. He was yeah. not having a good time. Like, he was half naked on the stage. He was not having a good time. <laughs> um, the lead pastor, Paul, comes out again. He does an altar call, and then, like, the cast comes to the front of the stage. And, like, people are going up, and, like, the cast is, like, laying hands on them, and, like, it's just this whole thing. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, after the prayer, the show just ends. Um, so, I did a count of the songs that were remixed. I'm just going to say them real quick. Um, so, songs that were remixed in the show, uh, we have Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Uh, Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi, Dancing Queen by ABBA, and Can't Help Falling in Love with You by Elvis Presley, and my personal favorite, Press by Cardi B. That is all I have on Victory. Yeah. 
And then not to mention uh, later, because I showed Ashton this one later, I sent it to her about some guys at a church during a Christmas performance who were dancing topless. Yes. Um, my gosh. Yeah. It just, it was, it was just getting out of hand. It was like, it was sexual. Yeah. Like it was really bad. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about how do we think, how do we think rightly about these things? And like I said earlier, these were, um, extra performances at um at these churches as far as we know they were not their sunday morning worship gathering um i don't know exactly what they do i'm sure if they're doing a production um this big and costing this much money i'm sure their sunday mornings have some sort of entertainment value as well um but also maybe you're thinking i don't i don't see anything wrong with any of that it's 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 fun and it's entertaining uh, I mean, it's Christmas time, and so that's kind of things that we expect to see. Um, like we see movies on Netflix that are Christmas and fun and things like that, or or the music that's played, uh, you know, throughout the Christmas season. Um, you know, and maybe you're thinking as well, like people who wouldn't normally go to a traditional church service may go to and benefit from something like this. And I would respond to those objections with maybe... And you could be right about that. Uh, but I, I would also follow that up with a question. And the question would be, are you sure you're showing them or giving giving to them the correct message and perception of what the church actually is mm-hmm. and is to be doing? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you just go back into the scriptures, because that's what we want to do. So if we're going to think rightly about something, we want to look at what the Bible says about these particular things. So I'll, we'll look at what the Bible says in a, in a few different places, and then we'll look at, at, at something more historical that has, has been in place to help the church kind of think through these, these particular issues. But if, even if you go back to the book of Acts, um, right, when, right when the church is starting, um, in the book of Acts chapter 2, um, you have the Holy Spirit has come, the preaching of the word has begun. Um, and then early on after Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit falls upon the church, um, you, you get to chapter uh, verse 41 that says, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And so that happened because of the preaching of the bible peter was preaching the word of god people were 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 convicted by the holy spirit of god and they turned their hearts uh to god um and so so three thousand souls that's a lot of people and then right after that which is something you might be more familiar with is acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47 that says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So you see, um, 
the the preaching that happens within the church, then you see the activity that is happening within the church. Um, I don't see anything in there about extravagant Christmas dramas or Christmas mm-hmm. plays. Um, not saying that they're all together wrong. That's not what I'm saying here. But I'm saying trying to say what what is the right way to kind of think about these particular things. Mm-hmm. And so I would say looking at Acts chapter two verses forty two through forty seven, it's a lot more simple than these extravagant um, productions that these these big churches try to put on every single year. And they always they always hit the news. They always hit now TikTok and Instagram, and they essentially get made fun of and ridiculed and mm-hmm. people can't believe that that churches would be putting on something this extravagant um and doing um these these different types of productions and, and i would I have to agree with that i don't think there's any anything that's helpful about that um we already have a hard enough time as the church in america <laughs> um and i think sometimes these these productions make it a lot harder for uh, those who are seeking to be faithful and to live like mm-hmm. like the church did in acts chapter 2 so then you have um, Paul in um, in First Corinthians. So he's writing to a church, um, and he deals with lots of different um, issues and 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 uh, things that are going on within the church that are causing division um, amongst its members. Uh, and one of the one of the the topics that Paul addresses later in this letter to the Corinthian church is dealing with orderly worship in, in uh, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Um, and some of you might be familiar with this because it is talking about spiritual gifts and, and prophecy and speaking in tongues. And sometimes we get really excited about that. Um, and maybe we can talk about that some other time oh, yeah. on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but not today. But what I want what I want us to see is is what Paul is really trying to address here is, is the, the worship and the activity that happens within the church is to be orderly. That there is an order to it that that God has given to us from His Word, and and all of those things should not be pointing to um, other people, uh, you know, hu- human beings. Um, shouldn't be pointing to the preacher or to a, a worship leader, no matter how good they are, how good the music is, um, or or some production that has you know really good actors and actresses or really good music or really good production value or anything like that the 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 worship that is to be happening in the church is always to be pointing to Jesus mm-hmm. and that's where it begins and that's where it ends and so one of the ways in which you can evaluate these particular productions or church services is is Jesus being put on display mm-hmm. is he the main character uh, throughout the worship service? Is he the main character throughout um, whatever Christmas production you may have saw seen this past um, Christmas season? Is, is Jesus the one who is being made famous, or is it somebody else? Um, and if it's somebody else, then that's something that we more than likely need to throw out uh, and not participate in. Uh, another uh, passage um, or just one verse, and it's again, it's one of Paul's epistles in Colossians chapter two, where he is addressing um, uh, the way, different ways in which people uh, worshipped in um, Colossae, and 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 seeking to warn um, the church members in Colossae at that particular time, and he he addresses this idea of 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 worship and and how you you live your life as 
as the church, as believers. And he talks about these um, uh, these different forms of worship having an appearance of wisdom uh, in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So Paul is saying there are people amongst you who are going to promote themselves and promote their own rules and regulations that have no value in helping you to live the Christian life, that helping you to um, see your sin and repent of your sin. And so that's another way in which we can evaluate, like think rightly about a church. Is the worship service uh, forcing you to look at your sin? Is 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 the is the preacher preaching a sermon in which you have to look inward that you really have to to wrestle with um, yourself as a sinner? Is he is 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 that person doing that? Um, and Paul says if if they're not, they have uh, no value, no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. I definitely agree with that, and it especially stood out to me when you said like is the service you're doing or the production that you're doing is it focused mainly on jesus and in both of these productions that we took a look at here earlier they're clearly focused on i think the viewer mainly they're um focused on entertaining Mm -hmm. the their audience and uh the victory baptist was definitely i don't know if it's baptist victory church my bad is (laughs) definitely um focused on like you it like paul's whole sermon was like all about you and making yourself a better person and they didn't directly bring up jesus in the first place they basically said you can do it on your own and i definitely don't think that's healthy for anybody to see especially since i know that they have unbelievers in their audience and that's not a good introduction to the gospel for those types of people. Yeah, so true. I agree with that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I want to I want to uh continue the talk about um not necessarily specifically um, churches and what the church should look like. We can get into that some other time. But also just talking about what is what does Jesus call us to as his disciples, as as believers, as Christians. And Jesus's call to discipleship is a call to come and die. Um, it's the same call he gives to the rich young ruler, if you remember, um, who is very religious, who says, I do all the right things. I, I, I keep all of the rules. I've done all of these, um, these things since I was a child. And when Jesus pushes him even further, he says, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Then you can come and follow me. And the result of that is the rich young ruler goes away depressed. He's downtrodden. He's sad about that because he does not, well, I, he doesn't want to give up his wealth and really he cannot give up his wealth. It, it, it's, he is a slave to it. But, but this sort of message, even today in America, we're, we're in America, so we're speaking specifically about the American church. Um, this is not a message that falls easily on the ears of the American church. We don't like to be told to give up anything, and and we have made, we've made because we don't like to give give up anything. 
we've made Christianity so comfortable in the West that to be called to anything outside of this comfort is impossible. But Jesus' command uh, has not changed or it hasn't adapted to our culture that we can can now say that that was then and this is now and we do things differently now. Christianity has evolved uh, into this. It's it's stronger. It's more powerful. It's more influential uh, than ever before. And so what what we're failing uh, falling into is the same trap that God's people fell into in First Samuel. And if you remember in First Samuel. They wanted a king like the other nations, and I promise I'm going to bring this back around to what we've been talking about. <laughs> so this wasn't this wasn't them saying uh, we want God to be our king. No, they wanted a a human king like the other nations, so that they could look like the other nations. So today, that is what we are doing as the church. We desperately want to look like. The culture, we want to look like uh, the the other cultures in the world. If if we refer to the church as a as a separate culture, we want to look like the culture. We want to be accepted. We want to be attractive. We want to be influential. We want to be cool. And so we put on elaborate Broadway type productions. We uh, become more entertaining on just an ordinary Sunday with the use of videos and uh, set displays that are that are worthy, smoke yeah, smoke shows <laughs> that are worthy of a of a TV sitcom. Mm-hmm. And props, I've seen several um, pa- pastors use uh, props when they're up on stage, whether it's a boat or Jesus a shower letters. or. Uh, what was that? Jesus letters. Jesus letter. It just anything and everything to to make it to make it pop, to make it more attractive. Um, we want a celebrity pastor who is cool and hip and relevant, and not necessarily someone who is biblical and ordinary and faithful. Well, why? Why? Why are we like that? Why do we? Um, why do we do these sorts of things? Well, it's because, like Israel, we want to look like everyone else. And I think that's what this, uh, these Christmas productions that Ashton uh, summarized for us, and I'm sure there was plenty more that oh, we so could much. have uh, talked about. So much more. But I think that's what it gets around to, is that mm-hmm. we want to look like everyone else. We want yep. to be accepted. We want to be um, brought into the fold of the world. Yep. And um, we don't accept what Jesus says when he says in the Gospels that um, they hated me and they will also hate you. Mm-hmm. Because it's the same message that we're preaching. The same message that Jesus preached is the same message that we are preaching as uh, as his people now in 2023. I also, to add to that, I see this, you know, like to this happen, a lot of people in my generation fall prey to this. Um, a lot of like friends that I know or just acquaintances in the past, they'll be like, oh, I go to this church because they do this and this kind of youth program and it's cool and it's fun. And I like it, and it's entertaining. And then, like, I've even had instances where I bring friends to our church, and they're like, oh, it's very, it's different. And I'm like, yeah, because it doesn't have, like, all of the smoke and lights, and, like, it's literally just the most basic. It's very underwhelming. It's underwhelming, but it's, it's literally, it's the bare minimum, but in the best way possible. And that's how it should be. So, yeah. But it can be especially hard 
for my generation, Gen Z. Everything's got to be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything's got to be cool. TikTok worthy. That's true. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Thinking Rightly. I hope this was helpful for you. Um, I know it's been fun for us to do the research on this over the past couple yeah. of weeks. And so we are going to, we are seeking and trying very hard because life gets crazy uh, <laughs> to do this on a weekly basis and have a have one podcast a week. But we're new to this podcasting game as well. So yeah. we're learning at the same time. So just be patient with us. But we want to do this to try to help uh, build up and, and, and strengthen the church mm-hmm. um, uh, at large. And so that's what we want to do. So Ashen, why don't you tell them how they can get in touch with us, how they can keep up with uh, us via social media, things like that. Yeah. So if you guys want to give us a follow on Instagram, we we haven't posted much, but we will be posting more consistently after this episode. But if you guys want to recommend a podcast episode theme or something you want us to address, please feel free to message us on Instagram. You can also use our email, which is thinkingrightlypod at gmail.com. And I actually just started a Facebook page for Thinking Rightly. And I'm going to see how it goes because Facebook doesn't do as good. But our Facebook is Thinking Rightly Podcast. And you can go on there, check us out, give us some support. And also, you guys, our podcast is on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. I don't know what you're listening on now. But if you're listening on Spotify, it's also on Apple. So tell your friends. We're on all different platforms and please recommend episodes we would love that so much but yeah thank you guys so much for listening in and we'll hopefully see you guys or whatever see you in one week see not see but yeah we'll see you guys in one week